Kate to come alive. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you as we launch into hour number one of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, and uh, that does include the updates. You get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce at updates. FreeTalkLive.com. We start things out by going straight to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Sam in Texas on the amplifier line. Hello, Sam. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, gentlemen. I listened to the uh, podcast Ooh. on Saturday and heard you guys talking about global warming. Yeah. And I think some of the underlying assumptions that you guys are making are a little bit off, and I wanted to maybe explain those. Okay. I think that'll be fine. Let me put you on hold here real quick. I don't know why all of a sudden there's an echo. And I, I don't know if our listeners are hearing that. Mark, are you hearing that? I absolutely am. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, G- Genesis Communications Network, I don't know if that echo is uh, something you guys can solve, but oh, that whatever that it was, quick. you just solved it. So that'll make this much more tolerable. Let's try Sam back in Texas. All right, Sam. So global warming, presumptions, what did you have to say? Okay. So I want to say, first off, yes, it's true that global warming raises the average temperature, uh, and we've seen that in the last decade by maybe one to two degrees. But what that does not mean is it's going to cause an end to winter, to snowfall, to cold weather, that sort of thing. Right. I well, think- I, I think that that was more the caller's assumption that, you know, because there's been a lot of snow that, in fact, global warming doesn't exist. And that's probably, but it is also probably a very um, average man's view of global warming. Yeah, I so, think a lot of people have been misled because certainly the uh, we didn't we we didn't go really, along that line. We did not say that. We sort of agreed with him. I think your only, suggestion, as I recall, was basically that what's the big deal? Uh, the according to the uh, history of warming and cooling, there have been much bigger warming and cooling bouts than what we're currently experiencing today. So I guess the question is, what's the big deal? Why is everybody so freaked out about this when it doesn't really seem to be that much of uh, importance? Okay, and I can explain there. Uh, CO2 and temperature levels are very directly linked, and scientists have taken ice samples over the last 100,000 years and calculated out temperature and CO2 levels. So basically, plant life starts growing and growing until it eventually reaches kind of a biodiversity limit where it collapses and we sink back into an ice age and then the cycle repeats itself. Now, I would agree with you that CO2 um, um, levels and uh, you know the, the, the heat of the Earth are linked, but I wouldn't agree that CO2 levels are uh, predecessor to uh, temperatures going up. In fact, um, there are scientists that disagree and say that in fact the CO2 goes up as a result of higher temperatures. And you know, and what, and what about the medieval warming period? How does that factor? Well, the CO2 um, levels did go up almost. There weren't very many cars being driven back. Then. No, there certainly weren't. I mean, can you explain that? Well, I look at what's going on around the world today. Uh, in Britain, in all of recorded history, they've never had a tornado until about four months ago. I, 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 we, we are not disputing that the world is, might be getting warmer or that we might be going through some climactic changes. There is no dispute here. I think we're disputing we are man's disputing effect, right? that man has, and man's uh, production of carbon dioxide is what's causing it. Interesting. Okay, so... Even though you know CO2 levels are five times where they've ever been in the last hundred thousand years, higher than they've ever been, 
you guys don't see a correlation between that and temperature? I, no, we do not. Um, as a matter of fact, CO2 levels are higher than they were, but um, the world is cooler than it was in the medieval warm period. The, the period that the U.N. consistently, and their scientists, consistently ignore and leave out of their reports on global warming. I mean, lo- global warming is, really, it seems to be a political pawn in the, uh, in the chess game of who gets to be in charge. Okay, now, Mark, did you see the article? Uh, this was, I found this on Dig, but apparently ExxonMobil had paid scientists $37 million in the last four years to basically write hit pieces discounting global warming? And I understand that. I do get that, um, that ExxonMobil has an interest in this. Do you not agree <laughs> that the U.N. has an interest also? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. I do. Well, that, the, point, the point that I'm trying to make on this is, A, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not 100% convinced. I am not, nor am I 100% um, dissuaded that man is what's causing um, global warming. So, but if it is man that's causing global warming, what are we going to do about it? I don't imagine that we can do anything about it without government of some sort, and I would imagine a world government, because otherwise if we just put the rules on the United States and we don't put them on, say, China, I have which, a is, solution. which is what they're uh, wanting to do, is you know make the United States slow down production but not, let ch- but not cause China to slow down production of uh, CO2. Well, and I, I think the solution is likely to come from this $25 million prize that Richard Bronson has put out there. So, I'm not familiar with the prize. So is this is some sort oh, of a okay. private, like an X Prize for global warming exactly. or something? Exactly, X Prize to remove CO2 from the atmosphere. If somebody comes up with that, it's a twenty-five million dollars. Well, prize. one thing's for sure: if if this is really a man-created problem, and I don't believe that uh, there's any sort of consensus, like the UN would love to claim that there is, uh, there are different scientists of different persuasions who believe different things on this. There really are. Uh, there is no consensus no scientific consensus but if it turns out that man really is causing this warming then man will be able to reduce and and uh, reverse that and i would trust the marketplace would come up with the solution and sam thank you for the call we oh, appreciate wait, 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 it I wanna, wanna, oh i'm sorry all right well here's the other thing is i want to know i'm sure he'll listen i'm sure he will is the other thing i want to know is we have been through warmer periods the um the medieval warm period was several degrees higher Celsius yeah. than it this currently is. People were, you know, living on Greenland and Iceland and yep. places like that. They're still living in Iceland. Um, so how is it that we managed to survive that? I mean, how did obviously the world isn't going to crack in two we certainly if, it, can, if the temperature goes up. Right. We can certainly much better handle weather differentials today than we ever could in the past. I mean, we've got air conditioning and heating and uh, centralized cooling and all of these wonderful amenities in life. I mean, uh, the worst, anything, we can handle worst case scenario is some ice melts. The mm-hmm. polar bears have to find some new place to live. They'll probably have to go live in Canada or Siberia. But um, and some of them will die. So but. Then what about the socialists, that, and that seems to be the, the sort of people that are pushing the, uh, the the global warming thing. The socialists should be happy because all the rich people's land in Florida will be flooded. Yeah. And, you know, Florida. There are the, poor people that live in Florida, too, Mark. Th- Don't you care be, about them? I do, but what I'm saying is is there will be new wealth de- redistribution going on because all of the rich land will be um, flooded and then, you know, Poor people's land that currently is now not on the coast will be on the new coast. Well, of course, their solution, their so-called solution, is to turn more control over to the U.N. Uh, That means the U.N. would set environmental regulations, which, of course, in turn 
are going to trickle directly down to the companies that are, are going to be most affected by this, the oil companies, the automotive industry, I don't know, the power industry as well, I guess, they're polluters also. And uh, that's just not good because it's going to slow progress, it's going to impede the marketplace, and as I pointed out, if it's true that man created the problem, man can solve the problem. If it's not true that man created the problem, and I'm with you, Mark, in that I don't believe that man did create the problem, then it's not. It's probably not something man could solve, but I wouldn't put it past the marketplace to be able to solve that anyway. There, the temperature fluctuations are a fact of life here on Earth. Um, it's not going to stay static, and you know, it, it's, yeah, I it's mean, just not. What I mean, if the get, sun explodes? Remember, there's the whole sun factor as well, which is another there's a, thing. Yeah, there's a big giant ball of fire in the middle of our nu- solar system. Nuclear fusion or fission or whatever it is that goes on there at 24 hours a day. Fusion. Seven days um, a week. But, you know, I don't know. It, it just, it, it, people are getting all wound up about it, and there's not much we can do about this. That's how I feel The about only it. thing I can, um, that I would suggest that we do about it, is get all government subsidies out of energy, energy production. Mm, so, um, all the government subsidies that go into looking for new, uh, new forms of energy, new places to dig for oil, all that stuff. If you're not, if you're not subsidizing the oil companies, then, then they'll have to be more responsive to consumers. But besides, when they're more responsive to consumers, consumers are interested in alternative fuels right now. Because the consumers want to pay less. Right. Uh, I mean, the, the marketplace already has the natural built-in incentives that we need to find solutions if we just allow it to operate. In right. fact, I have one example of a very simple solution that could be just tremendously effective. And there's one company... That's behind this solution. Actually, there's two companies, and it's pretty, it's pretty stunning when you actually look at it from a uh, a wide swath cutting sort of perspective. Uh, I'll save it. What the solution is here for moments uh, from now. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Tis the pack at 8.net, toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the live streams, broadband, and dial-up versions. Two flavors should fit virtually every internet connection, and they're free at freetalklive.com. Plus, what's your liberty issue? Is it taxes? Well, register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers to include Christopher Gronsky, the New Hampshire coordinator for the We the People, uh, we the People Congress, and a taxpayer activism panel, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more information and to get registered. We are at T-minus two weeks away from the Liberty Forum. Two weeks from today, Mark will be talking about what a great time we had. Yeah, it, I, I can't wait. I know it's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it. In fact, the only problem I think we're going to have at the Forum is deciding what to go and see and do, because there's concurrent things happening uh, where you have to choose, pick and choose, which interests you the most. And uh, i got to say that that's going to be a relatively difficult process at certain times. I think, uh, you know, as we get closer and closer to it, and Ron Paul hasn't announced his candidacy, mm. the chances, to me, in my mind, go up that he will announce his candidacy there. It certainly is going to be exciting either it, way. It, it makes sense. It. It's probably going to be the largest um, liberty-oriented event ever. It makes sense that he would choose that. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up, a possible solution, or one example of one possible solution to this whole global warming thing, but we're going to the phones first. 
to talk to Gil in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Gil. Yes, good, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, you know, the, the problem with the uh, Bronson proposal is no one will ever collect. And I say that because the solutions, well, look, we're looking at the problem. If you believe the junk science of global warming, we're the problem. Mm-hmm. And to me, the only solution would be uh, plant a lot of trees mm. everywhere and depopulate. I mean, like have get, go with the program out of Washington, D.C. called Z. ZPG, zero population growth. I mean, you have to depopulate and and let the earth go back to the way it was. And, you know, if you believe the junk science of global warming. Right, junk science. I don't think anyone will ever collect the $25 million. By the way, it would probably be better spent doing something constructive than giving it to somebody who who has a, a feasible solution like the one I'm talking about. Because they'll never, they'll never let it go through. There's just too much uh, uh, red tape there. The other thing I wanted to mention was the coming uh, all war. I mean, Vladimir, let me say it right, Vladimir Putin is uh, talking with the uh, Saudis, and, of course, China is eating up coal and all. You know, there's going to be a huge fight. I think there's, a, if you will, a, a, a verse in, in uh, the Bible about the uh, uh, kings of the north coming down because of oil. And the, well, uh, whatever. I mean, there's all kinds <laughs> of old books that say all sorts of different things. And but, I think the third thing was my solution to immigration would be you, you need to have a pseudo-border. You need to move the, the, the biggest uh, 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 thing that keeps folks from coming over is the, uh, uh, the desert distances, the, 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 the desolate distances that I have to travel. Okay. So I say don't make the border where it is. Move it to the inner city. You know, have like a pseudo uh, uh, inner uh, city. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? No. No. Yeah, okay. You know, like in Arizona and places all, like around the Rio Grande, there's a lot of desolate places out yeah. there that's just miles and miles of nothing. Yes. And I say, let's move them into the inner cities. You know, let's have like a pseudo border that you're not technically in the United States till you like getting in these, getting to some some large cities. And I guarantee you, if you have to travel two, three hundred miles to to say you're in the United States, they all stop coming. It's just too far. I uh, don't know if I necessarily agree. I, I think that. I think that maybe we should try uh, Mark's solution, and that is to end welfare and then open the borders. Well, and that that way we don't have any more borders or these silly border enforcers and all these rules and regulations, which we're actually going to be talking about probably coming up maybe in hour number two here tonight. How about annexing the southern parts of Mexico, the southern kind of states of Mexico? I don't, think that, uh, I don't think that a government solution is the answer. To Why do the we want the southern portion of Mexico so that Mexico would be completely surrounded by the United States? <laughs> Well, they're trying to take us over. Well, what I don't know if that's true. Things, I think there may be some individuals who have that in their minds, but I think the, the vast majority of immigrants are coming here to make a better life for themselves. Gil, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Okay. 1-800-25. And I know he lives in Texas. I know. I don't under, location, quite understand. You understood where what the, the idea of moving the borders to the inner city was? I didn't quite get that. Yeah, because it doesn't matter whether I'm in the United States or not. If I'm in a... Uh, desert and I die, it doesn't matter whether I died in the United States or whether I died in Mexico. I think he's just saying he wants to move it a little bit further north. The, uh, the, border? the border? I and don't know. Then what? I don't know. It I was kind of silly. Okay. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. And again, a government solution is not what we need when it comes to the border. It's clear that the government hasn't been able to control immigration, nor should they even be trying to. What we should do is uh, end the handouts, end the wealth redistribution, allow people to live their lives without being disturbed by this mommy government, this nanny government that we have, and then let people cross borders freely the way a real free country should be. And I've got a very disturbing story coming up tonight about the border, 
uh, it's actually specifically more about the Canadian border than anything else, but about the harassment, the incessant harassment that goes on uh, of regular people at the border today and the increasing sickness that we have with inspections and interrogations and on and on, and we'll get to that. Your call's first, though. Let's talk to Todd in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Todd. Hey there, guys. What's up? Well, you hey, tell me. You're on the phones. What's on your mind? Oh, I just wanted to uh, let you, Mark, and Ian know that I just want to plug my show. I uh, have a show on Blog Talk Radio called Liberty Cap Talk Live. I uh, do a radio show myself, so I, I've heard your show, guys, many times, and you guys are great. So Well, excellent. But, uh, well, why don't you uh, get yourself an extra free plug? Go over to our bulletin board system and post a message there, and that way some of our listeners will go over and check you out and see if they like you. Okay, um, not a problem. Um, I just wanted to uh, let you guys know about uh, this whole thing about the global warming yeah. nonsense. Uh, it's it's really, really uh, crazy. I, I had Pat Michaels on my show uh, from the Cato Institute about a couple okay. weeks ago, and uh, a lot of everything he told me about the global warming nonsense is just crazy. I mean, Can you give us one example? Well, uh, for example, he talked about the fact that the government has been subsidizing the ethanol industry heavily, about $600 billion a year. Uh, we're and isn't about e- ethanol just like a joke? It, yeah, it is a joke. I don't it know much about it, but I just know that it's some sort of political solution that's been foisted on everybody, and I don't think it really means anything. Oh, I, I, hold on. I, ethanol can solve our problems, but here's how it will solve our problems. If we stop paying farmers not to grow things. Oh, I thought you were going to say if we pour it all over the politicians and light a match. No, because, I mean, if, there's a lot, of, a lot of farmers out there. I can't tell you the percentage off the top of my head, but, it, you know, some single-digit percentage of farmers aren't growing anything, and they're being paid not to grow anything. If we stop paying them money to, not to grow things, they'll have to grow something. If they grow something, it may very well be corn, mm-hmm. especially if demand for corn goes up. If we can uh, dilute our gasoline by 15%, um, with you know the ethanol, then we'll have 15% more gasoline. There you go. Actually, some larger. Well, you know, it's funny. Too. Pat Michaels uh, on my show said that uh, the government's been subsidizing uh, the whole ethanol thing uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a rate of a buck fifty a gallon. Any sort of subsidies got to go away. Todd, thanks for the call. We appreciate no hearing from you. Good luck with your show. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is our toll free number. The packet eight dot net toll free line eight hundred. Two five nine ninety two thirty one. So we've still got borders to talk about. That's coming up. Plus, which company is it that could possibly save America from their electricity problem? Eh, you're going to find it interesting. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The pack at 8.net. Toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we've got the bulletin board system with over 190,000 posts, quickly approaching the 200,000 postmark, and it's all for free. You can go there at bbs.freetalklive.com to get interactive with over 1,400 of our listeners. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. 
com. And does your company have a bunch of unpaid receivables just sitting out there? Try SACL CAI. They do collection in a whole new way. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. They record every customer interaction so you can check their work. Let SACL CAI handle any or all of your account's receivable needs. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. As we go back to the phones and back to the fun, it's Abe in Arkansas on the amplifier line. Hello, Abe. Hello. Hey. Uh, I just wanted to say about climate change, I think, that um, there's somewhat more consensus in the scientific community than people think. I, I think you need to place a little more, uh, uh, well, not faith, but, uh, uh, you know, emphasis on the fact that I think that the scientific community, despite there may be some socialist uh, biases there, mm-hmm. and, you know, with government money funding most of uh, science research, unfortunately, uh, I still think that scientists are generally educated in a rational fashion and that they know, you know, that there may be biases and the uh, scientific community tends to seek out and uh, find problems where there may be bias and uh, I try to read the uh, scientific, not the scientific journals, but journals based off of them because the major journals are expensive and I'm not a scientist. But okay. it, it does seem to be a consensus that there's, you know, some change going on. It, well, there's it, no doubt that there's a change. I don't think anybody has disagreed that there uh, there is not a change. I mean, it's very clear that, yes, things are getting a little bit warmer. But I think the, 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 thing, the point where there is not a consensus is on what has caused that change. Well, I, I think that there's been quite a bit more consensus that generally I would say that the argument that just that there's so much, uh, you know, CO2 release in the atmosphere that eventually there's going to be some sort of chemical effect on the, the biosphere and the atmosphere and, you know, everything with the... Uh, from the sun and all these effects come together, you know, that's not entirely scientific to say just because there's that much CO2 been released over the past hundred years or so that it's going to have a serious effect. But at some point when we release, you know, pounds and pounds of uh, CO2, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to have some effect. So what do you think the uh, solution is, Abe? Well, I, I do think the solution is uh, definitely a free market uh I think there's solutions out there now that are free market, but I think that the government regulation is stifling production of this to a certain extent. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, currently uh, technologies that have been developed, and a lot of it is engineering issues. Right. You know, we uh, the one thing the government doesn't know is what energy is going to save us. You know, they assuming that the you know all the stuff all the stuff that you've said is true up to this point. They don't. The government doesn't know whether it's going to be ethanol or whether it's going to be solar or whatever. So if they artificially fund ethanol or solar, um, they could then, be wrong. Then right. Then that what they're going to do is they're going to put this straw man into the race that isn't going to win or is going to um, thereby beat the the actual winner of because of you, all the subsidies because of the subsidies. So it it's it's really a bad idea to have the government involved in this at all. So once again, the answer is to get the government out of it. Abe, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the toll-free number for you. You can take control of the airwaves like Melinda's going to in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Melinda. Hey, um, you guys were just talking about the other day, um, the guy called in or wrote in about being an atheist and uh, what he should do. Yeah, he ha- he's an atheist sort of secretly, 
and uh, his wife is a Christian, and he's wondering if he should come out of the closet. What do you think? You know, I didn't agree with Mark saying he should just leave it alone. Um, my dad was an atheist, and my mom was a Christian. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he told her, and we were the same way. We didn't really go to church that much. So it wasn't a big deal, but then she did start going to church a lot, and then like more and more, and then it got to the point where it's like telling us, "Well, tell your father, you know, he's going to hell." Oh and my like, gosh! So, you so you're saying that his, that your father coming out of the closet as an atheist sort of galvanized your mother into being a better Christian, if you will? No, no. She knew for a long time. It's just I don't know something. One day she just started going all like really religious, and uh, she I really uh, was trying to push it. And uh, my dad was just you know he never like once said, "Oh, you should be an atheist." He's just pretty much. He, he, he told me he was an atheist, and that's the way it was. And you know, Melinda, I would guess that there was probably a conversation between your mother and your father where, um, you know, she tried to, you know, that, that discussed atheism in his life, and then that's what Gal. I bet she was galvanized in some way by, um, you know, a, a conversation. She's been inspired to be a better Christian by him being an atheist. Right. So, now, are you saying that um, he should stay in the closet, the gentleman who emailed the show? No, I don't. I don't think because. Pretty much because he would have to, like, half of his kids go up to him, like, well, do you believe in God? And he has to lie to his kids. And, yeah. I don't know. That, like, I have, I, I'm an atheist now, and uh, I can't tell my grandma because it would, like, kill her. And, like, every time we go to her house, she's like, you going to church? You're doing this? And I, and I, and I hate it. It kills me to lie to her. Why do you continue? But, Why Do you really believe she would die if you told her otherwise? You know, she, uh, like, she knows that we're not Catholic. She, she thinks we go to a different church. And uh, she constantly is like, well, you know, I, I, she probably, you know, because we're not even Catholic, that's like a big strike against us, mm. and then we might go to hell because of that. And, and yeah, she, she probably just, believes that. Yeah, she does. And, 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 I, and the fact that she thinks you're a different religion probably gets her curious about the religion that she believes that you are, whatever it is. And so she's she's going to naturally want to ask you questions uh, you you really believe that she would have a heart attack or something no, like that? No, it if was you just, were to... it would, you know, she's a, she's, she's a very old school, very, you know, I, I, she feels bad, well, that I'm not even Catholic, and I just, like, I think, you know, when she passes away, that's when I'm going to finally announce it, because, you know, I don't care about anyone else. I announce just, it to the rest of your family? Yeah, I, I don't care what they think. It's just my grandma, I, I really don't want... You know, she's had a hard life. I don't want to make Now, it. this is going to be a really party. cynical question. Are you sure you're not just doing it because you want to get uh, included in the will? Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, no. She wouldn't. She probably wouldn't do that, and uh, she doesn't have a lot of money or anything. So she either, wouldn't so. write you out of her will over this. She wouldn't disown you over you being an atheist. You just, you just think it would no, really it would upset her. Break her. It would just break her heart, and that's what I'm really worried about. And I yeah. just, I don't know, she's... I'd rather her, her last few years to be, you know, thinking that, you know, well, I couldn't get them to be Catholic, but at least they're Christian, you know. I don't know and if that's going to be very comforting to her. I, I don't know if that's going to be... Uh, it's it's I, some, some comfort, I'm sure. To herself, she seems like at least they believe in God, and, and she really does worry that we're not Catholic, but hmm. I think part of it is because, you know, she thinks we go to church, she's at least, well, yeah. at least they go to church. Well, you know, if that's what if that's what helps you sleep at night, then uh, then as long as you're feeling good about it, Melinda, I can't uh, I can't jump on you for it. So, Mark, any thoughts? Well, you know, a, a Christian is if if you believe um, what the Christian uh, you know dogma Doctrine? says, yeah. then 
it should be the most important thing in your life to get everybody you know on board with your religion. So her grandmother, of course, her religion's important to her, and I would, I, w- I don't have a problem with it. I don't think you should smear it in people's faces. I, that's, I agree with you. I don't think that uh, that you should smear it in people's faces. But at the same time, when asked. I don't think you should lie. Uh, I understand what you're saying there, but when it comes to interpersonal relationships with family, um, to them, those things are important. I, I, right. you know, I, I guess it's just my integrity that's more important than uh, how some old lady feels about me, but you know, I love my grandma and everything like that. I'm just not going to hide myself to her. That's all. Melinda, thank no. you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. But I understand... Most people are really, really careful about how they treat their family. They tell them lies all the time about their personal beliefs, their belief set, their belief system. I think and diplomacy I think a has di- a place here. And I, I think it's, I, it's I think not diplomacy. It's, disingen- it's just being disingenuous with yourself. That's all it is. I disagree. And if that's what it takes to make yourself feel good, then, you know, that's great. It's very selfish of her not to tell her grandmother that she's an atheist. And that's fine. More's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves is 1-800-259-9231. That's the Packet8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark? 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site totally free. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show through buying some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com, and you'll find all sorts of interesting products, uh, including Free Talk Live t-shirts, a variety of Free Talk Live hats, and as we've now learned, Mark, the hat that we've been calling a beanie is not actually a beanie at all. It's called a toque. Or toque. T-U-Q-U-E. Toque. One or the other. Toque, I suppose, would be more uh, but his, Hispanically accurate. I, I don't know that, that's, that it's necessarily a Hispanic term, um, but, you know, when it comes... When it comes to accuracy, language is important for um, for giving meaning. And yeah. Tukey doesn't transmit a meaning to many people to, that I know of. Well, I, I've never heard anyone use this According to the guy that wrote the email term. about it, he says that's what everybody calls him. Like he said, it was driving him nuts hearing us call him beanies. I, he says I, when I've he never heard the term in my life. Yeah, but we've, we're Florida boys. Uh, it's not like I've never seen a sock hat before. Stocking cap. Okay. I think stocking cap is probably a uh, safer bet. Stocking cap, but it's not a stocking. It's not uh, like it's something made you out put of on your legs. similar material, and it was probably when they were named uh, something closer to what stockings were like. Anyway, it keeps your head warm, whatever it, does, it is. It does do that, yes. And uh, it's very cool, uh, very nice looking. And all of the products are. They're very high quality. They're very, uh, very good stuff. Head over to, uh, according to another, according to our board op, it's Beanie, and he lives up north. So this is a controversy now. Uh, what are these things called? I looked up beanies on the internet, and that's what I came up with: stocking caps. But then, the, but then the, the beanies also are supposed to have propellers, aren't they? The I, ours do not have propellers. Aren't they supposed to have propellers? Beanie caps. Um, I, I'm just saying. Uh, that's you, you know the beanie does is supposed to look like a um, you know the the little religious caps or whatever mm-hmm. something similar to that, but. You know, if if that's what it's being used, if that's popular nomenclature, then it it has a, a level of correctness to it. All right. Well, anyway, beanie, touque. It's, it's like, for instance, um, calling a beard a goatee. Now, you know as well as I do that the mustache, the mustache and the beard is that's a together. Van Dyke. It's a Van Dyke. Yeah. But who calls it that? No one but you. In fact, people call them goatees, but only the bottom portion of the beard that's is a goatee. goatee. Right. So, what is right? Well. 
If Wrong is right. Well, if 99% of people are calling something um, a, a goatee that is in fact a Van Dyke, yeah. then maybe, maybe it's in it's fact a goatee. goatee. Hmm. Yeah, I guess language does change over time according to uh, use and abuse. All right, so anyway, store.freetalklive.com, great place to buy some Free Talk Live stuff, and I think you're going to like it, store.freetalklive.com. All right, Mark, um, I still want to talk about the company that could possibly change single-handedly change the energy situation in the United States and around the world, but there's not enough time in this particular segment to do it. And I also want to talk about borders. There's not enough time for that either. So let's talk about Ron Paul. What's going on with him? Well, um, I've got here from... From Dan Williamson, um, theotherpaper.com, it says, Last month marked the beginning of what will be the longest presidential contest in U.S. history, and perhaps the most fascinating. And while there's no shortage of candidates, some of Ohio's most passionate voters, the ones who spend their time on political blogs, don't seem overly excited about their choices. If visitors to Ohio's top liberal and conservative Internet blogs are any indication, the 2008 campaign will be waged between Republican Rudy Giuliani and Democrat John Edwards. I can't imagine that is even the case. That isn't very surprising. Giuliani, the former mayor of New York, leads GOP opinion polls nationwide, as well as the Ohio survey released Tuesday by Quinnipiac University. While polls, including... He kept New York together. Like he did much of anything. Including it was all him. Without Giuliani, everyone would have just separated and hated each other. It was that one man, Mark. He's a great, great man. It's New Yorkers who kept New York together. Um, and uh, perhaps he got government out of the way in some cases. Uh, that's a good thing. While polls, including Quinnipiac, show Edwards at a distant third of Democratic side, he's popular with the party establishment, especially um, state Democratic chairman, whatever. Edwards is running as an Ohio-style liberal populist, Sherwood Brown, with a uh, Hollywood smile and neatly combed hair. But um, look more closely at the highly scientific poll, unscientific polls in Ohio's Right Angle blog and Buckeye State blog, and you'll see some surprises. Right behind Giuliani and Newt Gingrich. Newt, Newt Gingrich. Um, in the uh, right the guy angle that wants to destroy free speech. Yeah, in, in the right angle survey is a guy named Ron Paul. Of the 311 people who voted, 13% picked Paul compared to 18% for Gingrich and 21% for Giuliani. How about that? That's who the hell is Ron Paul? Apparently, he's a libertarian-leading congressman from Texas who wants to scrap the Federal Reserve Bank and return the U.S. to the gold standard. He's more than libertarian-leaning. He ran for president as a libertarian in the 1980s. That's correct. Uh, conservative blogger Matt uh, Noggle, who posted the poll, said he was surprised by Paul's showing. Honestly, I added Paul because I'm somewhat of a fan. Mm. Noggle, a former uh, campaign aide to Republican gubernatorial nominee Ken Blackwell, wrote an email. Paul is an interesting character because he votes no on basically every. Everything. Doctor knows what they call him in Congress. Yep, that's true. Over over the uh, liberal Buckeye State blogs poll, one surprise was the second place showing of retired General Wesley Clark, who has announced his But it, either way, uh, Paul's not doing poorly on the Internet. For being a dark horse. For, very much so. And libertarians rule the Internet. Um, we are... We are a big We're force. well represented, that's well true. Well represented on the Internet compared to real life. IRL. Now, speaking um, of real life, I don't know. Did you, if you had more points, go ahead. Well, I, I'm just saying that um, Howard Dean wouldn't have been the force that he was in the 2004 election. Were it not for the internet. Were it not for the internet. Correct. And Ron Paul will get a big boost 
from the internet. The internet. That's and true. I just, I, and the know, internet is certainly going to be more involved in the 2008 election than it was in the 2004. It's going to be more of a deciding factor. It's going to be uh, much more important to have an internet presence than it was in 2004 than it was in 2000. The internet just becomes more and more ingrained in our lives, and it's very important. Now, Paul's name needs to be mentioned everywhere that we can possibly mention him on, on the agree. internet, and he needs to be supported financially. He's the, well, he needs to run for president first. I understand. Which he hasn't quite yet officially decided to do, though we're expecting that to happen hopefully any time now. Speaking of presidential candidates, I got out and did something this weekend, Mark. Oh, that's right, you did. Yeah. Um, I went out and saw a despicable, contemptuous display of uh, sickening behavior on the part of a variety of people. Uh-huh. I went out, uh, it was uh, myself and uh, Russell Canning and some of the other uh, Keen uh, Freedom crew. We all went out to attend what was essentially a, uh, you know, reminded me of a, a sporting event in uh, in a variety of ways. Uh, for instance, there were cars parked everywhere. It was taking place at the local, uh, the Keene High School. And the, the parking lots were packed. Uh, there were people who were excited and they all went into the same room. In fact, it was so full that uh, they actually had to put people in the auditorium. The actual event happened in the gym, but they had to put people in the auditorium so they could watch the speaker on uh, closed caption television uh, or uh, CCTVs. They had to watch it on an, essentially a television network. And there were news reporters there. Uh, people were salivating over the chance to get to speak to this individual, this person who essentially just regaled them with lies, uh, half-truths. Um, she was Hillary Clinton, um, and she was here in Keene, and it was She disgusting. pretty much dodged every question that was put to I her? I didn't stay for the entire thing. It's difficult to sit through that, I understand. It, it was bad, um, yeah, but, but I did get in. Uh, it was actually interesting because the, there were while there were... While there were Secret Service agents crawling all over the place the ones that you knew were Secret Service agents, at least, there weren't any uh, real semblance of security. Like, Caleb and I walked in through the side entrance where the press was supposed to come in. There was a press table, like a check-in table, set up, but no one was manning it, so we just grabbed a couple of press badges, threw them on, and uh, walked right into the main area. They were sitting everybody else. By that time, the main area was full, but uh, we were allowed to go in because we had our press badges on. Right. So we were right there, I mean, you know... Just feet away from Hillary Clinton, mm. this politician that it was just so sick. I mean, we talked over the weekend, Mark, about these people, uh, about people who worship celebrities. Well, this is that similar sort of behavior right. on the part of people, except they're not worshiping Anna Nicole Smith. They're worshiping someone who's promising all sorts of things that you would think that by now people realize they can't deliver on. And she was using terms and terminology like uh, beginning to start planning to try to do something. Like that sort of political crap speak. I don't know what else to call it besides just crap. Well, it's the closest thing to the truth because the chances of the government, of her getting, you know, becoming president and actually solving whatever problem it is that's put forth in front of her are slim. Right. Because the government isn't very good at solving any problem, but, yet, but nonetheless, attempts to solve all kinds of them. Nonetheless, people are still under the mistaken belief that these politicians, whether they be Republicans or Democrats, this just happened to be the one that was visiting Keene over the weekend. They're still under the impression that these people mean well, that these people are going to somehow help them. 
And it was disgusting to see people just salivate all over this woman. Hour number two is on the way. Borders and how Walmart could save the world. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. We're launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And, of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features you'll find completely free. That, again, freetalklive.com. We're starting things out this hour by going straight to the phone calls. Let's go first to right here in uh, our very own Keene, New Hampshire, the center of the nonviolent revolution, uh, Puke, calling from New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Puke. Good evening, sirs. Hey. Good, good evening to you. I know you're calling for a reason, but since we have you on the line, and you are a relatively new, as in less than five days old, transplant to the great state of New Hampshire, um, and we all, both Mark and I, had the chance to meet you over the last uh, couple days. I'd like to just find out how you uh, how you've been feeling so far about your uh, about your move to New Hampshire. Um, it feels great. Uh, it's uh, it's it's you know, it's not easy. It is you know something difficult and a life changing decision. But it's a, you know it's a really good thing. New Hampshire is a fantastic state as far as what I've seen so far. Um, you know. Uh, it was great to meet all these uh, people that have the same ideas as I do. What was that like for you? Because I remember what it was like for me the first weekend I was here in New Hampshire. I think it was like the second weekend that we were here, Mark, that they uh, they had the Monadnock Porcupines meet and greet, which is basically what happened over this weekend where on every second Sunday of the month, Everyone from the area sort of gathers together, or not everyone, but a, a good chunk of the activists from the area, because uh, there were a number of people that weren't there. Uh, but a number of people gather together in order to say hello to anybody who might happen to be a, a new mover, like That's a nice you, thing. Uh, puke. And I remember just being—I remember being blown away uh, by the amount of people who had all gotten together in the same place, all who of, were of a similar mindset. And I, I think you were experiencing something similar over the weekend. What was that like for you, sitting in uh, Cheshire Pizza with what was, what, about, I think, 20 people total? Yeah, I'd say there's about 20. Um, it, was, it was pretty uh, surreal. Um, you know, usually when you're in a group of people, like when I was at work, when I was in the military or something, you know, I'd sit around and listen to people, and they would have completely contrary ideas whenever the uh, subject of politics or whatever would come up. And uh, it's it's fantastic to sit around and listen to people discuss things that uh, that you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. You know, that they discuss the same things that you enjoy and feel passionate about as well. And how exciting is it? Alone. How exciting is it to think that you're on the very beginning cusp of this entire movement? I mean, it's already to the point where it's just almost awe-inspiring when you first experience it. I mean, it'll become the norm for you over time. But, uh, I mean, imagine just just the thought that you're one of the very first 200 people that have moved into the state as part of the Free State Project to imagine another thousand people like that coming here, not just to the Keene area, but through, through, to all over the state, imagining just the, the wave of people that's inevitably going to be on the way, the wave of people that, uh, that think similarly to you. It's just awe-inspiring, isn't it? Yes, it really is. It's uh, it's it's almost overwhelming, but it's a it's a wonderful feeling. Nonetheless, and yes, I can't. 
nonetheless. I can't wait to, to... What's that? Uh, I was just going to say, you're here and uh, you're getting your stuff unpacked and looking for uh, some work as we speak and uh, getting yourself plugged into uh, uh, to a variety of uh, things to do and uh, and that sort of thing. And so I just wanted to once again uh, welcome you to the the, uh, the Keene, New Hampshire area. I think it's it's exciting to have you here and everybody else that's on the way. I mean, you made the move in the dead of winter. I expect we're going to see even more people coming uh, come spring and summertime. And, yeah, with the and spring sort of thaw, thing. that's when they'll all be coming. Yep. So, Puke, uh, you okay, were calling for a reason tonight. What's on your mind? Oh, I just have some... Uh, I was listening to the Saturday edition uh, on a podcast. Yeah. And um, you, were, you and uh, Mark were talking about global warming... And some, somehow you got on the topic of why Greenland is called Greenland. And I just thought I'd call in and fill in some useless information for no reason. Sure. What, um, what the, is reason it? it's called, the reason it's called Greenland is because uh, way back when, I don't know, hundreds of years ago, uh, a lot of people were moving to the, to the island called that's now called Iceland. And that small island became too full of people because everybody wanted to move there from Europe. And so they changed the name of Iceland from whatever it was to Iceland and changed the name of uh, Greenland to Greenland. That's so funny because didn't say, somebody hey, tell us Greenland. that – wait, wait. Didn't somebody tell us that story on Saturday Somebody night? did tell us uh, that story on Saturday. Did they? Ah, oh, crap. I paused it too it's, soon. <laughs> it's true? I mean, where did you, where did you learn that? Because it sounded kind of uh, questionable to me, the whole story. Where did you hear that? Uh, I have no idea. Um, that's okay. just some of the useless knowledge that's stuck in my head that uh, if I ever get on Jeopardy or something, I can use, I suppose. We'll have to check Wikipedia on that one, Mark, the history of Iceland and Greenland, because I don't know. It just sounds it sounds semi-believable, but on the other hand, it doesn't sound really that believable. But nonetheless, Puke, uh, good call. Thank you, you for know. it. We appreciate hearing from you and uh, enjoy getting settled in here in Keene. Thanks for the call. 1-800-259-9231. So cool, Mark, that uh, people are already coming up here. I mean, it wasn't just us. We're not the only ones who've moved early. There are other people that are getting their strings tied up, getting uh, their uh, things taken care of that they need to in order to move. It's a it's a process. It really is sure a is. process. Uh, uprooting oneself. Not everybody's like puke. Just got out of the military and yeah. essentially, you know, able to settle wherever he wants. He had the opportunity to move, and so why not move to New Hampshire? Of course, there are there are going to be a lot of people who are like Puke, a number of people getting out of the military, a number of other people who are for, perhaps in college or in high school who are also going to have a, a life-changing event coming up, which is graduation. They're going to be looking for something to do after that, and inevitably a number of them are going to end up here uh, here in New Hampshire. I think it's really exciting. Let's go uh, all the way over to California and talk to Mike. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Great. What's on yeah. your mind? Well, two things. One really minor. The hat that you're talking about, first of all, the Canadian version of it is pronounced toque. toque. And I don't I don't think there's a difference between a toque and a stocking cap, except for the name, the, you know, the cultural difference in name. Okay. There might be a technical difference in the hat, but it is pronounced toque. But uh, you guys were also just saying how it is indeed, or at least it can indeed be difficult to uproot your whole life to move to New Hampshire. Uh, it's, you know, it, it has to do with what values you prioritize. Well, you know, and nothing in nothing. About, very few things in life uh, that are easy are worth doing. I mean, it, if it's uh, difficult, it may actually be worthwhile. The the road less traveled, so to speak. I agree, and I think you were uh, you were discussing it again, or actually arguing over it again, either Saturday or Friday. And the issue, the specific issue of leaving family, came up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all for and it, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not all for it. It certainly depends on the circumstance. But Mark was all against it. Is that correct, Mark? I 
I think that the way it was presented at the time, um, especially when you're talking about kids being involved and that kind of thing, that's when that that's what bothers me. The idea that uh, you know you discuss it with your wife, uh, she disagrees with the idea of moving to New Hampshire, the free state, and you pack up and you know leave the kids and the whole deal to move for liberty. And the idea that you wouldn't do something like that bothers me. Well, I. But, the, but that has nothing to do with family, Mark. That has to do with commitments you have made. Okay. I, I, did I say it had to do with family or, you know, I mean, well, you did. Or did, I, did I indicate and, that it was commitments? No, no, you said family because you also brought into the fact your mother as an example and mothers. Well, and it's the only relatives. family I've got. Well, right. But now that brings me to my question, and it is directed at you because I now know Ian's position. Why is family so important? It's, it's kind of like race. Does, does it matter or or? nationality does it matter to a person's intelligence or their value to you where they were born or what color their skin was for that matter why does it matter who their parents were or what siblings were they had no control over that and if you have you know a family member that you love it's because you have similar values if they have values that are antithetical to yours of freedom why do you love them, and why must you be around them and make them happy? Well, I'm not saying that you... Uh, when, when, it, when we're talking about family, like siblings and parents and that kind of thing, children are allowed, and it's fine with everybody. It's, soci- uh, it's you know it's societal that, that kids move. And I don't think there's any problem with uh, moving for the Free State Project when, if your parents don't agree. My mother does not want me to be here. I fly back to Sarasota once a month or yeah, once every like six weeks. Yeah, little mama's boy. My God, I spent an entire $130 to go see my mother. Yeah, Can well, you I got imagine? A to pay. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's well, right. You well, rent. Well, things, things are so much I tougher for that you. Because that's respectable because you have a relationship with your mom you want to keep, and you have values to be in New Hampshire, so you're doing both. But I thought what you were saying, I, I think it was Saturday, was that the family comes first. Well, he made it sound I think that you way. It, I think you put it um, better when you say commitments. When you have children, what, you've made commitments, and that's important. What matter Ian are not just care. commitments. That's not true. What matters not just our commitments, but individuals. Not just individuals randomly thrown into a mix, which are what a family is. We'll come back with more. Mike, if you want to hang on, you're welcome to 800-259-9231. Does family matter? This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airways via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, and that does include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th. That's this month. Less than two weeks away, meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, Ron Paul, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information and to get registered. And also, just to get the latest uh, updates as far as the hotel possibly selling out, I don't think we're very far away from that happening at all. That's not from what I understand. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum, as we go back to uh, Mike in California, back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Now, we're talking about, does family matter? And uh, I think, Mark, you've, you've, you're, you're now clarifying your position to be what, exactly, on family? Uh, well, when we had discussed um, the moving of the Free State Project, and uh, there was a gentleman who I believe was um, uh, essentially 
going to leave his wife and kids to move up here for the Free State Project. A uh, courageous decision that I applaud. And I don't know the specifics of his relationship or what's going no, on there. No, you don't. And, um, but I, you certainly talked against him doing it. And you certainly talked for it. Yes. How the hell can you come out um, for him doing this when you don't know the specifics of the circumstance? But it's wrong for me to come out against. Go on. That's true. I mean, he might have been leaving his family in a very bad way. Or maybe his wife's a bitch and he can't stand her. It could be either well, one of those. Yeah, I mean, he, he could be legit and really honoring the value of freedom, or he could be trying to honor the value of freedom and screwing over the commitments he made in, in the process. I think the commitments that I, you have are important. As a matter of fact, I if agree. you have a company um, in some other state and you want to move to New Hampshire, you have commitments to some of those people that you, to some extent or another, that you've given jobs. Mm-hmm, sure. So, um, you know, you need to sort of. The more commitments that you have, the longer it takes to uproot and, Absolutely. and undo things. And I think if you have kids, especially young kids... Oh, all right. Mike's gone. I guess he's out of here. Um, that, you know, those are, those are important commitments that everyone should take into consideration. Absolutely. Of course, if they're not taking them into consideration, then there's a reason they're not taking them into consideration already. I agree. And I agree I mean, that you should take commitments into consideration, for sure. But what happens if, say, okay... You're here now, Mark. I'm here now. And you're here with your wife, your lovely wife, Laura. And uh, you guys get along fine, uh, fine enough. And you, you, in fact, you're getting along so well, you're even talking about having a child together. Mm-hmm. So let's say that comes to pass, and you've got a little baby Mark running around, a little Mark Jr., uh, or Marquette. I'm, I'm looking for a little girl. That would be Marcy, would be the uh, feminine <laughs> of Mark. So, uh, so little girl uh, running around, and uh, Laura decides that she's had enough of this whole Free State Project thing. And she's moving her and Marquette down to Florida. Uh-huh. Do you go with? Um, well, at that point, she would be making the decision, and she would have to fight me in court over uh, Marcy um, and the custody thereof mm. to, to be able to move and, and that kind of thing. So your, your, your scenario doesn't entirely play out. You're saying she would be breaking her commitment to you. Well, at this point, she's moved up here, yeah. Right. She has moved up here, but uh, perhaps that you know that she doesn't want to be here. You know that she moved she would up per, she would for pre- you. She would prefer to be in Sarasota. Right. So you're saying that the fact that she made one commitment at this point in her life, she yes. cannot ever change that commitment or else you're going to fight her in court. Um, I'm going to fight her for custody of my child. She can do whatever she wants. I see. So, all right. So then it's not really that important. Uh, not all commitments are that important, is what you're saying. All, uh, you know, I mean, there's the there's. You're willing to break. To, you're willing to break. Which your commitment commi- are you referring? What am I breaking? Oh, your commitment to lifelong. Uh, what's the whole wife thing? You know, when you get married, there's the to so do, be, death do us part. Well, all clearly, that. she doesn't value it. Why should I? I see. Okay. I mean, I I don't see. No, I mean, so no. And that's good that you have priorities when it comes to your obligations and your commitments. And I'm glad that you're more committed to yourself than you are to whatever it is your wife wants to do. I guess that's what I was concerned with. Well, it, you have a commitment geographically. I'm committed to being right where I am mm-hmm. currently. And if she moved up here to be with me, then she has made a commitment by her geographic, you know, by, by changing her geographic location to, um, you know, to, to decide that she's going to have a kid and then take the kid and move back to Sarasota. That's changing the commitment. She's changing what she's doing. I'm not changing anything. I agree with that. I just wanted to see what you would do in that case, and okay. I'm glad you chose to stay in New Hampshire. Um, so the other thing I wanted to point out was what Harry Brown's opinion is on uh, on family, and uh, th- this is of course the late uh, great Harry Brown, uh, former presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party. He wrote an excellent book uh, called Oh gosh, 
Um, it, it's called uh, How to Be Free in How, an Unfree World. How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World. Yeah. And in that book, he talks about these traps that people fall into in their daily lives without even realizing that they've fallen into traps. And and one of the most profound traps that he pointed out that I agree completely with him on this, and it's it's some people would find it outrageous, but it was that family is a trap in that people get born into what is essentially a group of strangers, and they feel this societal obligation to treat this group of strangers somehow differently uh, than they would any other random group of strangers. And I think Harry, Harry points out that you know there are so many people in America, and I don't know if this is, I think it's a cultural thing, um, at least over here, where we just, even if you've got like an uncle that is abusive or just a bad guy for some reason because he's your uncle... He deserves better treatment than any other bad guy that's out there. And and what Harry Brown points out is that that's just not the case. Even though he's blood, that's the only thing you two have in common. He's just some random schmo you happen to be thrown into a family reunion with. I would agree. So, with, I would agree with uh, Harry Brown in that respect. So you agree with some with extent. analyzing individuals on their uh, on what's good and what's bad about them and making decisions based on individual relationships and not necessarily favoring people because they happen to be in your family circle. I believe that um, blood counts for something. What? Well, something. Just It's just the random factor that threw you into close concurrence with this other individual. But you've known them all your life. Um, how many, have you? How many, uh, or have you been to a couple of family gatherings with that individual? Well, I, I, the thing is, is if one of my, uh, say, my cousins, um, mm-hmm. who I've met, whom I've met a few times and talked to on the phone a few times more, mm-hmm. um, decided to come to my house and uh, live there and be a crack addict. Well, no, that's not going to happen. Okay. Um, but... At what the if same just time, to come live there? I have known them for a period of time. No, I mean, not for any length of time. They can come stay for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. or something like that, but they're visiting. And then after that, they've, you know, at some point or another, we're going to have a conversation. Hey, you know, you said you were visiting, and uh, now you're not looking so much like you're visiting and stuff. You're looking more like you're living here. I see. So uh, you'd give them the visiting based on the blood thing, but you wouldn't uh, go any further than that. Right. Some people would just allow their uh, their fr- their family. Some people do allow right that, in. and and that's just foolish. Okay, but um, I wouldn't go as far as like my cousin. He's a socialist. Uh huh. He's not coming to my house ever. I understand, and you don't have right. any. I don't owe him squat. It doesn't seem to me like you have any um, understanding of family relations. You don't care about it. it. It matters zero to you because it's just blood, and I think it doesn't matter. And I think that it's callous, and it doesn't take into account that you've known these people all your life. No, I don't I know any known of my these friends. People. I don't. I've, I've known my mom and my dad all my life. I've known my sister for a good chunk of my life. I know my grandma eh, somewhat decently, but beyond that. The rest of them are almost total strangers. They just happen to be people that I've been at uh, family gatherings with. That means nothing. What do you think? 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything. Toll-free number for you, 1-800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. 
And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. And that does include archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. You just go and get them. That's all there is to it. Click and download and enjoy freetalklive.com. Do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call 1-800-657-5066. That's 800-657-5066. So we're talking about uh, my cynical attitude towards family. You don't like it, Mark. It makes you very uncomfortable, uh, my attitude. You think that I hate my family, which is not true. I think that that's what you... Uh, at least that's how I feel like you. I, I don't do not think you hate your family. Okay. I think you're... I think you're just, I like, unfeeling. No, no. I just treat them like I treat anybody else, any other individual. And, and as, I think that's unfeeling. No, it's not. It's the right thing many, to do. In, many individuals you don't know. Most individuals right. you don't know. I get to know each individual as I, as I get to know them, and then I make decisions based on my value set as to how much time I want to spend with those individuals. And f- for instance, our board operator asks, he says, well, if you've known your abusive father all your life, should you have any more respect for that? And I say, of course not. He's an abusive guy. It doesn't matter the fact that he's got his uh, a similar blood well, type running through his veins. He's a bad, bad man and should be treated as such. Is Well, t- tell, us, tell me about your mom. Is, is she a bad, bad woman? No, she's not a bad woman. She's a nice lady, mm-hmm. and I like her enough. Uh, I love you know, very I, much. I love her as my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, she did push me out of her uh, crotch area mm-hmm. uh, 22 years or 26 years ago. Uh, but she thinks I'm crazy. And she has, in a no uncertain terms, told me that that's how she feels. Well, and she's so also said that she. What do I owe her? She, she's Not a also damn said thing. that she's going to support you no matter what you do because you're her son and she loves you. That's true, and I appreciate that. Thank what goodness was, she said something like that because otherwise I'd probably have disowned her. By so now. she said both of those things. So she may be somewhat um, concerned about your politics, but at the same time, she said she's going to support you no matter what because she loves you. When was the last time you she talked has, to you? She your has mom? said that, uh, and I did speak with her during the uh, the Christmas holiday. The Christmas holiday, great. Uh, and she she has said that. However, she's also a liar uh, because <laughs> whenever I come when I, when I've come around to uh, to be around my mother, and I used to live in this the same area as her, so I saw her more often back then. I would, as you might imagine, be interested in talking about things that I'm interested in talking about. Of course, she would like to know what's going on in my life. She asks all sorts of prying questions about my life and what goes on inside it. But when I try to, uh, for instance, ask her questions about her belief system, she's not interested in talking about the things that interest me. And so, you know what I told her? I told her, well, Mom, you know, if you don't want to talk about the things that interest me, you know, show some, at least feign some interest in the things that interest me, then I'm not really interested in spending any time with you, because if I don't get anything out of this relationship, why should I waste my time on it? And so I said that to her, and she said, oh, okay, that's fine, you can ask me some questions, because she didn't want to lose me, right? She didn't want me to go away. But then, of course, when we got back together the next time, I waited throughout, uh, you know, most of the entire encounter, answering her her little questions about my life, Uh, and then I asked her a question, and she didn't want to answer it, Mark. So it's like the door doesn't swing both ways in our relationship, and I don't have much respect for someone like that. 
And it's okay. You know what? I don't mind. If you don't want to talk about what I want to talk about, I respect that and I understand it. Just don't ask me to spend my time on you. And when it comes to family and this obligation that people have uh, with family, they believe they have if uh, some long-lost uncle calls them up and says, hey, can I come crash on your couch uh, for seven weeks or, or three weeks or whatever, that uh, they should allow that to happen because there's some sort of blood link? That's absurd. I think Who the hell is this guy, and why does he want to come to my house? I'd let a listener crash on my couch, presuming I had one, before I'd allow some uncle or cousin of mine... Who the hell are they? I think that you and I agree that um, if you have a crack addicted uh, cousin that wants to live at your house, that you shouldn't do that. And I don't think that a lot of people have I'm that I'm saying I don't problem. know who this person is. I don't know if he's got a crack addiction or what his pred- uh, predilections are. I don't know him. Therefore, I don't trust him. And, but, uh, you know, dealing or specifically her. with the circumstance of your mother, though, um, you have a penchant for talking about liberty. And yeah, you can want, you imagine that? I it's know, what I do. I know you do. And I do, too. I do it for a living, you know, four hours or three hours a, a night, six days a week, and it's important to me. But I try not to club my mother over the head with I don't it. club her over the head. I ask, I ask a simple question. That's well, all got, I do. That's because she's gun-shy at this point, my friend. I it's because she knows she loses every single time that I ask a question, and she's afraid of what I'll do of next. Of course she loses. Yes. You debate liberty for a living. I mean, it's what you do on a nightly basis. Right. She doesn't do that. Now, what if, you had a, um, an, what if she had a penchant for talking about bowel movements? And it discuss well in your case you kind of like tet tet on that one. <laughs> I shouldn't have Let's picked go, that. Let's go, mom. <laughs> Gosh, I, I stumbled into it there. Suppose she um, ratemypoo.com. <laughs> Let's go to the phone. You can no, bring this. no, oh, no, no. You got something else? You... So suppose she has a penchant for talking about something you find distasteful. And okay. God knows you don't find that distasteful. Um, and. You didn't want to talk about it every single time. But I do it anyway out of obligation to my mother. What's that? You talk, talk about, about the crap she wants to talk about. I think that, um, you know, she, she's probably... The inane going... conversations, the, uh, the filler conversations, if you will, the meaningless chatter. I have no problem spending time you doing clearly that have some because with she's it. my mom. You have some problem Oh, with believe it. me. I do it because it's mom and no one else. Good. So, yeah, I do have a problem with it, but I expect a little, just a little reciprocation, and she doesn't want to give it. So, screw her. <laughs> Let's go to the phones and talk to Tony in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Tony. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on uh, your mind? Well, you know, I, I, pretty, I, I, I pretty much agree with you, Ian. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know you guys, but it seems like maybe Mark comes from a different kind of family or something like that where... You know, maybe maybe the communication's a little bit better or something like that. Now, my family, uh, most of them, uh, I really don't feel like I can hang out with them. It's just like, you know, it, you know I go to their house, and it's like all, all they do is watch television. Play, uh, you know, the kids play video games. The kids are all on Ritalin and stuff like that. So it, for, for me, it's just like that's unhealthy for me to hang out with. Absolutely. It's a waste of your time. Yeah, it is a waste of my time. That's exactly how I feel, too, is... Uh, you know, I sort of judge uh, all these people just like anybody else and uh, decide later on how much time I want to spend with them. So you've you know? essentially set yourself free from this uh, obligatory, this obligation that people in America feel like they have to their family. You've essentially set, uh, cut yourself free from that string. 
Hey, I'm 39 years old. I've always been that way. I don't know what I don't know how I became that way. That's just how I became, and uh, I, I feel much freer of a person. I mean, I see other people around that feel obligated to hang out with their family. I don't understand it, but I have grown up and seen some people that have uh, better family life uh, than I do. I'm not, I'm not saying I had a horrible family life. Sure. I mean, you know, but uh, but I mean, you know, but you're different people. You aren't like them, and so why should you waste your precious time uh, spending it around these people? You've just come to the decision. You've come to the realization, uh, as Harry Brown puts it, in, uh, points out in his book, that these are just people. They're just individuals and should be judged on an individual basis. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent, Tony. Any other thoughts for us? Uh, I don't think so. I think I've about said it all for right now, and uh, just uh, look forward to listening to what you guys are saying uh, later on. Thanks, Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. You know, uh, Harry talks about it in, in his book, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World, and it was nice reading that because I, I realized I wasn't alone. I hadn't really actually put it into words as he had at that point, but he's he's absolutely right. You know, Family members are just people and should be judged on your value set and your uh, your values, I, not I, theirs. I understand what you're saying, but I think that there's certain levels of obligation. I don't go hang out at very many 65-year-old women's houses and just, you know, shoot the crap with them. As Harry points out, even uh, your parents, you don't have an obligation to them. They brought you into the world. It was their obligation to bring you up. There's no reciprocal agreement. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want, toll-free at 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And number again is the packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we have there for you. They are all completely free. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as over 320 of our listeners have decided to do for as little as 3 bucks a month. Now, Mark... Three dollars a month coming in. What on earth can we do with three bucks a month? Well, it's not just three dollars a month. It's three dollars a month from hundreds of people, and it sometimes add up, and it? sometimes more than three dollars a month. Um, many people amp as high as two hundred dollars a month. Not many people. There's one guy. Many people that. amp more than three dollars. One as high as two hundred dollars. Five month. is the next most popular increment. That's fine. Right. Five's a good, nice. Solid number. Okay. Um, but either way, we use the money for advertise marketing, advertising, marketing, and promoting Free Talk Live. Um, we put ma- ads in industry magazines. We uh, you know, do Google AdWords. We go to conventions to market ourselves amongst the radio people there. Yep. Those kind of things. Stuff that really gets Free Talk Live out there. And it's, um, the AMP program has been responsible for getting us on several radio stations. Directly responsible. Directly and, responsible. And uh, it's, it's, it's tremendous help to us, and it's a, it's a great way to spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as quickly as possible. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the program. You'll also learn about some of the perks you'll get access to as a Free Talk Live amplifier, and there's some nice little perks in there as well. But as you know, everything on our website is for free, so this is above and beyond all the great features that we give you for free. It's up to you, AMP. FreeTalkLive.com. As we go to Mike in New Jersey, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, I uh, love your show. Thanks. Thanks. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, I just want to address the family issue. Yes. Um, I think uh, family has some good importance. Like, my parents are very important to me because they've raised me and they've taught me. And um, likewise, my siblings have, you know, contributed to my life. 
That's but, good. Um, I think, and I think that's fine. If uh, if you've got a loving, caring family, then uh, there's nothing wrong with reciprocating that. But all I'm saying is, you shouldn't be f- feeling obligated to care about lousy people if your family happens to be made up of lousy people. That's mostly what you're saying, but not entirely what you're saying. I uh, I for the most part agree with that, but uh, I think bad uncles deserve some respect if your good parents uh, have respect for them. Why? Why, why uh, is that? Uh, I just think, uh, as important as parents are, it's, uh, it's a good idea to, uh, send respect where they send it in terms of, um... But what if you know something about him that they don't? Like, what if, uh, you know that your uncle's a child molester and your mom and, or your mom, who's your, uh, uncle's sister, just won't believe it? Should you still respect him because your mom still does? I, I think that's, I think that's a, a fair... Uh, that's fair cause for disrespect in my book. Okay. Um, I'd also like to bring up um, adopted kids and adopted parents. What, what do you think about that, Mark? I am adopted. Oh, cool. How interesting. Um, I think that's the same thing. Same thing applies. You're judging. You should judge people on an individual basis. Your mom, she's not really your biological mom, but she's no. your mom. She adopted right. you, and she loved you as as though you were her own. Right. Well, and I mean, that's what she deserves respect based on, not the fact that she's mom. It's the fact that she's the woman that raised you and cared about you. Oh, I don't know the reasons that we're talking uh, precisely. When it comes to family, they're very um, innate reasons that people have. But um, my concern is, you know, my relationship with my mom is really good, um, pretty good at the very least. I mean, she she would much rather me live closer. But um, you know, I've she got should to, move to Keene. Well, we talked about that. Um, at which point, I'll have four movers for the Free State. It's Project. a beautiful place up here. She uh, she's from Buffalo. She she knows what snow's like. She can handle that. This is nothing compared to Buffalo. Well, not right now. No, no, not ever. In general, yes, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah d- bu- Buffalo nothing. gets dumped on on a pretty regular right. basis. <laughs> but um. It's my concern is really with you and your relationship with your parents. Oh, that's so sweet, Mark. I really, you know, it bothers me, and I know that you're a young guy, and and I know that as people get older, you know, they wish that things were better. Like I wish my relationship was better with my dad in my you know younger years. Right. And yeah, you, you can't get it back. That's true. Dad's dead. Dad's dead. Mike, uh, any other thoughts for us? No, I just wanted to uh, stress that. Uh, genes and blood are not what's important about family. That's all. Individuals are what's important. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. And uh, same thing with when it comes to siblings. Uh, I don't have that. Uh, I don't have that allegiance to my sister that a lot of people have for their their family and and everything. And 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 that's come from just the natural way that. Um, I was brought up. Uh, it just comes from the relationships that have been developed, and that is that she's interested in the things she's interested in, and I'm not interested in those things, so I don't talk to her. I've got other people that are actually interested in the things that I am interested in that I deem it far more important to spend my time on. I'm closer to my roommate than I am to my sister. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. And nothing's wrong with it, but I think that uh, your life will be more fulfilled and you'll be happier if Why? you have a better relationship with, with your sister, family. With my family. And, 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 and what is you? What do you base that on exactly? Besides just pure emotion. Besides uh, the way things ought to be in Mark's mind. Besides uh, cultural influences. Is it actually based on any logic at all, or is it just emotion? Continuity to some extent. I mean, you've known your sister. Continuity. The only thing constant in life is change. 
Understood. Change is inevitable. She's grown up. She's a different person than she was uh, back when we lived together. It's nice to be able to talk to uh, people about things that happened in the past. It's, it's, it's a fun thing to do. I don't focus on the past. In fact, that's another thing that people should really try to let go of, Mark. In fact, yeah, I think we're uh, reaching a point of fundamental disagreement here. Uh, the past is yet another uh, trap that people fall into, and I believe Harry Brown outlines it in his, uh, his excellent book, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World. To ignore the past is also me. a trap. You should learn from the past, but to live in the past is another thing. And to reminisce and get nostalgic about the past, I'm sorry. I don't know about you, Mark, but I got emails to check today, and I've got things to do tomorrow. The I think, past is done and over with. I think by uh, completely excluding nostalgia and reminiscence out of your life, that you're excluding a portion of life. Oh, I agree. I, I understand. That there's, I think a there's a place for it. I, I think, think there should, a place. I think it should be once, once every couple of years yeah, or something like a, that. But I think there's a place for it. I just think that my place is much smaller than, than yours. For instance, Julia and I uh, were nostal- We were reminiscing a little bit on how we first met. Uh, so, yeah, that's fine. But, but in but that Julia case, I'm doing it with someone a year I, ago. In that case, I'm doing it with someone I care about and have reasons to spend time with. Um, you, I don't care about my sister. Choo- that's, She's because nobody Because you, you choose that. That's what you've right, decided. As I should, because I should choose to spend time with people that have something in common with me, rather than artificially you spending time with people in common. that you do have blood something does in, not count. Living in the same, you grew up in the same house with her. But that's it's some, meaningless now. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. It, whatever you decide I has to live meaning. In a room, I mean, so what if You're I... You're picking it, what has meaning. Yeah. That's okay. I can pick what has right, meaning. Right. Absolutely, it's my you life. can. Absolutely. I'm just trying to tell you that perhaps you will have a better, more fulfilled life if you pick some things that um that pick uh, choose things to have meaning. Like I grew up with this person. I should have some kind of semblance of a relationship with them. Why? Because of the ability to be able to talk to them about, hey, but I have lots of people I, I can talk to. Peanut butter in your hair when you were three. Ha, ha. That's not funny. And it's uh, if I did something like that, it certainly isn't nice. Uh, why would I want to dredge up something unpleasant like that? Because it's funny and it makes you feel good. Hmm. The same reason that you would talk See, nostalgically about. I can feel good. Without g- running through the nostalgia paces and without and calling up some old some chick that I happen to live in a room next to for a number of and years. And I'm telling you that when I was in my late teens and early 20s, family didn't mean much to me. And I'm trying to impart to you that it grew in importance to me later. Mm-hmm. And I think it may grow in importance to you. I'm suggesting that you will have a better, more fulfilled life if you keep some kind of context, especially with your closest family members. Your dad, your mom, your sister. Isn't it possible that you can None have family members... None of whom are bad members, people. Isn't it possible that you can have family members who are closer in uh, in actual mental terms than, uh, than blood terms? When you say close, you mean blood. You mean the people that you spend the most time with. Right. But isn't it possible that I could have, uh, for instance gelled better with one of my cousins over time and have a better relationship with one of them than uh, my direct family? Absolutely, you could have that, and and essentially you would be growing that relationship as that person as a friend. Yes. You know, more so. That's what people should be, in my opinion. People should be friends with one another. Well, but your mom is not your friend. That's right. She's not someone who I have very much in common with at all. And so... That's why I choose to spend time on people who I do have things in common with. You get to choose that. I just think you're missing something. Trust me. Okay. It's much more fulfilling. I don't feel like a piece of me is missing. And if I do feel that way, Mark, I can always pick up the phone, and she's seven digits away. Unless she dies tonight. 
Hey. It hey. happens. Hey. I could have died last week. Could have. 1-800-259-9231. I'm not racking my mind over it, though. Well, over your own death, it would, really wouldn't matter um, because you'd be dead. 1-800-259-9231. Your thoughts on family, obligations, culture, whatever's on your mind goes. 800-259-9231. Also, Walmart saving the world. We'll tell you how it might happen. Coming up, Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That is... The packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark? 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free, so do enjoy those. They are on us. We're going straight into the phone calls to talk to Donnie in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Donnie, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. Hey, What's on your mind? I just wanted to chime in on your uh, the, the debate you guys were having over family and the importance of the connections to the members of it. Yes, or lack thereof, indeed. Right, correct. Um, I just think that you can, although you can choose how much you think about certain things and how you can choose how consciously important things are to you, you have a connection with family members just because of the sheer amount of time that you spent with them when you were in your infancy mm-hmm. and when you were being formed into a human being that you can choose to either be connected relationship-wise with those people or not, but you can't choose whether or not they had a huge part in forming who you are. And I just that much is true. Uh, You're randomly thrown into a group of strangers, and uh, and they have to raise you. That's true. Exactly, and because of that, even if you don't like them, uh, having relationships with them and and dealing with the issues that were caused by how screwed up all of you are and how screwed <laughs> up all of you interacted with each other. Just by choosing to deal with that, you are, are choosing to enable yourself to to figure yourself out better and grow more. It's not I – mean, I think I've – not I, to like them. Right. But, I, you, but you can't choose to not be affected by them because you've already been affected by them for years and years. I see where you're coming from. Uh, inevitably, you were influenced by these people in your past. However, you certainly can choose as an adult to not associate with those who might have negatively affected you. Sure, and, and and I think that and that's okay. That that's healthy, depending on 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 how unhealthy the relationship was. But um, good point. I think that in a lot of cases, I think that in a lot of cases, um, choosing not to associate with them is, although easier, less healthy. Hmm. I see where you're coming from, and uh, I guess I'll just respectfully disagree on that. But Donnie, hey, uh, we've, hopefully we're going to have some good news up there in uh, in KGEZ land. As of right now, I don't think we're on our third hour, uh, but uh, word is that uh, the people, good people over at KGEZ, are working behind the scenes to get you an extra hour of free talk live every night nice. there. So if you get a chance, give them a call and uh, either request it or thank them for it. Whichever one comes first, I know they'll appreciate hearing from you. And thanks for the call, Don. I will. I will do that. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. Always good news when our stations decide to increase their coverage of Free Talk Live. 
you know, I, I, I would concur with that. Um, I'm thinking about him and, and talking about families. Oh, yeah, you still want to talk about that crap? I, I really don't, but uh, okay, I, I do think that you could have Let's an talk about Greenland. unhealthy relationship with um, family members very easily. There's a line to toe, and you have to judge people by their actions, as you've said. Totally. I think you uh, take it too far. And I think that you right. could find more happiness in life. That's because you're more emotional than I. Am. That's right. I'm just a crazy emotional yes. guy. You know, people call me cold and heartless. <laughs> Do you understand that? Really? So Who's you ever called you that? People call me that all the time. Oh, they don't know I'm you. I'm way too logical, is what they say. Really? Which means you, my friend, are at the extreme. <laughs> well, I've always known that. Tell <sighs> yes. me something I don't know. I just, I, you know, I just want you to have a good family relationship. Thank you, sweetie. God. The name Greenland comes from Scandinavian settlers. In the Norse sagas, this it is, is from said Wikipedia. That, this is from Wikipedia, okay. yes. It is said that Eric the Red was exiled from Iceland for murder. He, along with his exiled family and thralls, um, set out in ships to find the land that was rumored to be to the northwest. After settling there, he named the land Greenland, possibly in order to attract more people to settle there. So that sort of goes along with the Greenland-Iceland thing. Right. Sort of. Not exactly address it. Doesn't exactly address it. Greenland was also called Grutland for Groundland on early maps. Whether green is an erroneous transcription of Grunt, which refers to shallow bays or vice versa, is not known. It should also be noted, however, that the southern portion of Greenland, I think this is the most important sentence here, the southern portion of Greenland, not covered by glaciers, is indeed very green in the summer mm-hmm. and is likely even greener in Eric's time because of the medieval warm period. And if you have any questions about the medieval warm period, you can look up medieval warm Warm period period at wikipedia.org. And you'll find out that it was actually warmer during the medieval warm period by several degrees Celsius, which is even bigger a range than Fahrenheit. And I don't think that it was from all the methane that the horses were putting out their exhaust pipes from the knights driving them around. Okay? Probably not. I don't think that what we were talking about here is necessarily something we're causing. Speaking of saving the Earth, this is something I've been wanting to get to. And uh, since we've been talking about ish- environmental issues mm-hmm. uh, during the show at some point tonight, I thought it was appropriate. And it's very lengthy. We're not. Uh, I'm going to have to cut a lot of this out for us to even get through it in an hour. You are hour good at that, time. doing that, though. Uh, but we talked recently on the show about new types of uh, bulb technology, new types of lighting technology. And the specific type that we had discussed in a fair amount of detail was actually not such a new technology after all. It's just a new version of the technology. It's fluorescent lighting. And uh, from FastCompany.com, for years, compact fluorescent bulbs have promised dramatic energy savings. Yet they remain a mere curiosity. That's about to change. Sitting humbly on the shelves in stores everywhere is a product priced at less than $3 that will change the world. And soon. It's a fairly ordinary item that nonetheless cuts to the heart of a half a dozen of the most profound, most urgent problems we face. Energy consumption, rising gasoline costs and electric bills, greenhouse gas emissions, dependence on coal and foreign oil, global warming. Every swirl sold will will eliminate demand for six to eight regular bulbs. What are swirls? Maybe you've seen them. The product is the compact fluorescent light bulb, Mm -hmm. a quirky-looking twist of frosted glass. In the energy business, it's called a CFL, again, compact fluorescent light bulb, or an energy saver. One scientist calls it an ice cream cone spiral because in its most advanced, most appealing version, it looks nothing so much as a cone of swirled soft-serve ice cream. 
Most people have some experience with swirl bulbs, but it typically hasn't been happy. In the early 1990s, you'd step into a room in a business traveler's hotel, flip on the lights and by the door and uh, between the beds, turn on the desk lamp and the floor lamp, then stand in the gloom looking around and thinking, there must be another switch somewhere that actually turns on the light. <laughs> Every one of the bulbs flickering to life was a compact fluorescent, a CFL, and five of them together didn't provide enough light to read the card listing the lineup of the cable TV channels. For two decades, CFLs lacked precisely what we expect from light bulbs. Strong, unwavering light, quiet, not to mention shapes that actually fit in the places that we use bulbs. Now every one of those problems has been conquered. By the market, no less. The bulbs come on quickly. Their light is bright, white, and steady, and silent. And the old U-shaped bulbs, they look like bulbs from a World War II submarine. I recall these, I've seen Mm. them, uh, have mostly been replaced by the swirl. Since 1985, CFLs have changed as much as cell phones and portable music players. But one thing hasn't changed about CFLs, and that is the energy savings. Compact uh, compact fluorescents emit the same light as classic incandescents, but use 75% to 80% less electricity. Now, what that means is that if every one of the 110 million American households bought just one ice cream cone bulb, one swirl, Mm -hmm. and took it home, screwed it in in the place of an ordinary 60-watt bulb, the energy saved, Mark, would be enough to power a city of 1.5 million people. For how long? Uh, Just the energy saved at any given second would save that much energy. If every one of American households used just one of these bulbs. Phenomenal. One bulb swapped out, enough electricity saved to power all of the homes in Delaware and Rhode Island. In terms of oil not burned, the greenhouse gases not exhausted into the atmosphere, one bulb is equivalent to taking 1.3 million cars off of the roads. That's the law of large numbers. A small action multiplied by 110 million. Now, we're only talking about America here, let alone the rest of the world and their energy dependence problems. The single greatest source of greenhouse gases in the United States is power plants. Half of our electricity comes from coal plants. One bulb swapped out, enough electricity saved to turn off two entire power plants or just skip building the next two. Just one swirl per home. The typical U.S. home has between 50 and 100 sockets. Go astonish yourself. Count the bulbs in your house. So what if we all bought and installed two ice cream cone bulbs? What about five? What about 15? I bet I have five at my house. Who's going to sell it to us? Hmm? One company has a plan to, well, save the world. We'll come back with it. And they're the evil corporation that everybody hates. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, the toll-free packet 8.net line is 800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. And that does include the wiki. It's like the listener editable version of our website. In fact, there's over a thousand pages created by listeners like you. Wiki, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive dot com. We'll get you to it. And it's free, like everything else on our site. That's wiki dot freetalklive dot com. And is there a young person that's important to you? Well, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt alone. and That's no way to start a life. 
Buy them a kid's journey to getting rich at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com or 800-657-5066. I'd like to get a copy for you, Mark, because it's never too late to start learning how to save and uh, be financially stable. I'm safe. I've got plenty of money saved. I know. you. It took a bankruptcy or two to learn your lessons. But. Well, you know, you always you love to point out the bankruptcy. But I would like to say in defense of my bankruptcy, normal people, when they go bankrupt, generally walk away with big screen TVs and mm. all kinds of uh, consumer goods that they managed to get out of this bankruptcy. Clothes and you got nothing, CDs. Huh? No, I made a business investment that That's went good. badly. Gotcha. So, um... Well, you know, speaking of I think that's mitigating. Speaking of business investments, uh, Walmart. Yes, big, bad, evil, number one corporation in the world, Walmart. And yes, we know Walmart's not perfect. Yes, we know Walmart's policies aren't exactly what I might like them to be. Yes, they're not a perfect company. Walmart takes some some, some government subsidies. They so. take some government subsidies, but they also take some government hits. And I don't, I don't, sure do. don't want to start the Walmart argument again, but I do want to point out, that the fact that they are the number one retailer, just the number one company in the world, the fact they're the number one retailer means they can do some pretty amazing things. In fact, as this article from FastCompany.com is going to point out, Walmart could literally be the catalyst that sparks the fluorescent revolution, if you will. They certainly have the money to do it. We're talking about fluorescent Bulbs. We're talking about compact fluorescent lights, or CFLs, as they call them in the business. 75 to 80 percent energy savings uh, over an incandescent light. You've seen them. They're the little swirly bulbs. Mm -hmm. You may not have purchased them yet, but you will if Walmart gets its way. And you should, because as this article points out, if every of the 110 million American households just replaced one 60-watt incandescent bulb with a swirl light, with a CFL, a fluorescent, mm -hmm. then you would save instantly enough power to uh, power a city of 1.5 million people. You would be able to well, power if the homes if, if one... Uh, yes, if every home just used one bulb, every bar, home, right. let alone replacing every bulb in their home like I'm trying to do. Well, I wouldn't replace them until the incandescent ones burnt out. Either it, way. It just seems wasteful to me. I, I, waste? Well, let's talk about the waste, okay? Da uh, Dr. David uh, Goldstein, a MacArthur Genius Fellow and the Senior Energy Scientist with the Natural Resources Defense Council, says this could be just what the world is waiting for for the last 20 years. Swirl bulbs don't just work. They pay for themselves. They use so little power compared with old reliable bulbs. A $3 swirl pays for itself and lower electric bills in about five months. Screw one in, turn it on, and it's not just lighting your living room. It's dropping quarters in your pocket. The advantages pile up in a way almost to make one giddy. Now, hold, it's not dropping quarters in your pocket because light bulbs don't burn enough power. If you power. aren't spending the money, then you are essentially keeping the yes, quarters. Yes, but you in don't. I don't believe that. I be, it was my understanding that a light bulb burns a eight cents a month if you left it on twenty four hours a day. All I know is that the expert says a three dollar swirl pays for itself in lower electric bills in about five. Uh, I months. I believe that. Compact fluorescence, even in heavy use, lasts five to ten years. 
That's years. Install one on your 30th birthday, and it might be around to help illuminate your 40th. Wow. In an era where political leaders and companies are too faint-hearted to ask Americans to sacrifice anything for the greater good, the modern ice cream bulb swirl requires no sacrifice. As, a, as any good market solution should, it is an inc- it, every, there's a benefit to this. You get the same amount of light. It costs you less. It's a no-brainer. Uh, buying and using it helps save the world and also saves the consumer money with no compromise on quality. Selflessness and self-satisfaction twirled into a single $3 purchase. Well, I don't agree with the, art- the article's assertion. It's selfishness, total selfishness, that will encourage people to purchase these swirls and install them. And thank goodness for it. Yeah, I would agree with that. So far, the this impact... This is self-directed. You know, this is a great kind of selfishness. It benefits everyone. Yep. So far, the compact, uh, the impact of compact fluorescents, however, has been trivial. For a simple reason, we just haven't bought them. In our outdated experience, they don't work well, and they just cost too much. Last year, remember, that's those are the old ones. Yeah, Anybody well, mine work fine. The I have them at my house. But, and... but, but what they're referring to is the ones that some people might have had re- uh, experience with a decade and a half ago, the old U-shaped bulbs that buzzed and hummed. I would say the only drawback of them is, is that it takes a second for them to come on. It's, it's even less than that now. But last year, okay. U.S. consumers spent about $1 billion to buy about 2 billion light bulbs, 5.5 million every day. Just 5% of those purchases, 100 million, were compact fluorescents. First introduced uh, in 1980, the swirls remain a niche product, more curiosity than revolution. By the way, the studio here, the one light that we have on, is a compact fluorescent. Yes, it is. And it's pretty instantaneous, turning it on and off. But that's about to change. And it will change before our very eyes. A year from now, chances are that you yourself will have installed a swirl or two, and not just because Free Talk Live talked about it, though that's a good enough reason. And you'll likely be quite happy with them. In the name of conservation and good corporate citizenship, whatever that means, (laughs) not to mention economics, I would say, though, in the pursuit of profits and to make themselves look good, one unlikely company, and I wouldn't call it unlikely, I'd say this is about perfect, for them, is about to haul us into the light bulb aisle, re-educate us, and sell us a swirl. And that, of course, as I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, is Walmart. In the next 12 months, and this was written back in September, starting with a major push in September, Walmart wants to sell every one of its regular customers, that is, all 100 million of its regular customers, just one swirl bulb. In the process, Walmart wants to change the energy consumption in the United States and energy consciousness, too. It also aims to change its own reputation, to use the swirls to make clear how seriously Walmart takes its new positioning as an environmental activist. And we remember the article uh, from last year, Mark, about Walmart and all of their environmental uh, efforts, the things that they're doing as a company, the things that they can do because they're so big to save themselves money but also save the earth? Yes, I, I do. It was really stunning, some of the advances, some of the things that they'd come up with. Uh, the, I would say that, uh, large, that that off, more than offsets. What they, are, what they are doing more than offsets their the subsidies. Hip imprint, um, the footprint that the, each one of their buildings makes. Absolutely. Uh, it's a bold goal, a remarkable declaration of Walmart's intention to modernize and green up a whole line of business using market oomph. Teaming up with General Electric, which owns about 60% of the residential light bulb market in the United States, Walmart wants to single-handedly double U.S. sales for CFLs, the swirl bulbs, in one year's time, and wants to de- uh, double wants, it in one year. Yep, wants to demand surge, uh, wants demand to surge forward after that. And if there's anybody that can do it, 
It's Walmart. There's more on the way about their plan and what they're doing. It's just incredible. Um, the effect that this company can have, not just on individuals, but also on our environment. It's, it's awesome. Uh, more on the way. Your calls as well. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. That's right. You can bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And who's the most pro-liberty individual in the United States Congress? Well, many would say that would be Ron Paul. Register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th this month. Meet presidential candidate Congressman Ron Paul and other influential people who support your freedom. Register at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Talking about how one company, one big company, the biggest of companies, Walmart, might actually be able to save the world. I'm not exaggerating. Not in the least. Well, if saving the world means reducing our energy consumption. Right. And and, and there's certainly a, a serious issue with energy consumption. Uh, of course, the biggest issue is the fact that governments are in charge of energy, and that we don't have a free market in uh, in energy production. That's really the worst part. That's something that we really need to fix, and Walmart can't handle that. But one thing Walmart can do is sell stuff. Then they can do that pretty darn well. They yep, can put they products in the hands of consumers. And what they're going to be doing over the next uh, year's time is a major push of swirl light bulbs, fluorescent, compact fluorescent light bulbs. You've seen them. You may not have purchased them yet, but Walmart's going to make them much more visible over the next several months. In fact, the process has already begun. According to FastCompany.com, Diane Lindsley, the hardware buyer who decides what goes in the light bulb aisles of Walmart, thinks 100 million swirls is perfectly reasonable. Yeah, she says. That's how many they want to sell. Uh, it's rational, I think. Before she started buying bulbs for Walmart just three years ago, Lindsley didn't even know what CFLs were. Now she pauses in a way that suggests the kind of determination that Walmart can bring to bear when its buyers decide they're going to sell Americans something. She says, we've got plans in place where it might not even take that long. Which presents a daunting challenge. Walmart's push into swirls won't just help consumers in the environment. It'll shatter a business, its own light bulb business, and that of every light bulb manufacturer. Because swirls last so long, every one that's sold represents the loss of six to ten incandescent bulb sales. Swirls will remake the light bulb industry. Dominated by familiar names like GE, Philips, and Sylvania, the way digital music downloads are remaking selling albums on CD. The way digital cameras have revolutionized selling film and envelopes of snapshots. CFLs are a classic example of creative destruction. GE facing the prospect of mothballing a century-long franchise in light bulbs. Well, GE's uh, smiling and swallowing hard. CFLs are taking off, says Robert Stewart, who heads consumer marketing at GE for light bulbs. No one has been as vocal about this recently as Walmart. Well, the CFLs cost more than a uh, regular incandescent bulb, generally, and 
so, yeah, but incandescent bulbs have been getting better over time, too. So, GE, I don't know if they're killing themselves in any way. No, they're not killing themselves. Sales are, gonna, uh, are definitely going to drop, though. There's, there's billions no of light bulbs out there. They're always going to need light bulbs to be replaced. Certainly, certainly, but it's going to take a hit. I mean, the, the light bulb industry is definitely going to take a hit, and it's okay. It's, it's prod- it's, uh, there's other things progress. that GE makes. GE, too. I'm not saying GE's yeah, going to go out of business. No they'll one's suggesting they're, they're fine. Uh, trust me. They, they realize that. In fact, they've launched a green business initiative. Uh, it's a, an aggressive goal, the 100 million bulbs. GE will find a way to make sure that Walmart's able to do that. Uh, Echo Imagination, an effort to make environmentally sustainable technologies an ever larger part of GE's business, swirls fit well, despite the inevitable cannibalization. The real issue is, if we don't do it, someone else will. So it's competition that is leading True. us down this path. So they can either lose the uh, incandescent bulb sales and sell the fluorescent bulbs, or they can just lose, lose the it all, incandescent baby. bulb sales. Yep. Uh, says GE's Echoimagination Vice President Lorraine Bolsinger of Walmart's effort to push CFLs, quote, It's old thinking to imagine you can hold on to a business model and outsmart the consumer. You can't. Stephen Hamburg's an associate professor at Brown University, an expert on energy consumption and global warming, who's helped Walmart think through the spiral bulb strategy. He says, can they change the game? Think about how many games Walmart has changed. There's no reason they can't change this one. Okay. Tell me how many games they have changed. Oh, all kinds of things. Uh, industri- uh, indus- inside industry things, uh, in- um, internal processes, uh, lowering costs of manufacturers. Uh, Walmart is incredible in uh, what they've done behind the scenes. A lot of un- There's a lot of unsung heroes in this business. Uh, anyway, for Chuck Kirby, it was ceiling fans that made the impact of energy-saving swirl bulbs dramatically clear. He's a vice president and divisional merchandise manager at Walmart for hardware and paint uh, for all of Walmart's U.S. stores and supercenters. He's one of 12 buyers. Uh, Lindsley is one of 12 buyers working for him. Kirby, who started out collecting shopping carts from the parking lot of Walmart number 189 in Missouri 23 years ago. guess they do promote from the inside, huh? Mm. Has known about CFLs for years. He says, I became aware of them when I would travel and go into a hotel room. Last year, conversations started in Walmart around the potential of swirls to save customers money on utility bills. See, this is what they actually talk about in their board meetings. Saving their customers money. Quote, somebody asked... What difference would it make if we changed the bulbs in the ceiling fan display to CFLs, said Kirby. A typical Walmart, for instance, has 10 models of ceiling fans on display, each with four four bulbs. So 40 bulbs per store, 3,230 stores. Someone went off and did the math, said Kirby. They told me we could save $6 million in electric bills by changing the incandescence to CFLs in more than 3,000 Walmarts. Wow, I wonder how, over how long of a period of time that is. He says, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know I was paying $6 million to light those fixtures. I, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably a year. And I said, that can't be right. Go back and do the math again. The numbers came out the same the second time. Hmm. Savings of $6 million per year. There it is. Uh, that, for me, was an I-got-it moment. It was Lee Scott, Walmart CEO, who started Kirby and Lindsley thinking about light bulbs. Last fall, says Kirby, quote, we had two hurricanes, Katrina and Rita. We had oil production disrupted. We had millions of people displaced in the south. And at a Friday officers meeting, not long after Katrina, Lee Scott said, quote, our customers are hurting. Our customers' dollar is not going as far as it could. He challenged everyone in the room to find relevant rollbacks, to lower the price of living and to make a difference for our customers. In the wake of Katrina, Scott had asked his staff for a briefing on environmental issues, including global warming. One of the people he sat down with was Hamburg, the Brown professor who won an award from the EPA for his ability to explain climate change. 
Hamburg says it was a very frank conversation. Not much of a Walmart shopper, he had looked at one piece of Walmart's environmental performance before. In 1994, he'd critiqued Walmart's first environmentally sensitive stores. As I told Lee, it was a lot of green wash. He needed to do better, I said. Hmm. What really matters is what's on the shelves. Walmart's influence is much greater in the marketplace than in the built environment. I would agree with that. Hamburg has been working with CFL since the late 1980s, so naturally that subject was on the table with Scott. Again, Scott but they don't the use incandescent bulbs in their stores largely anyway. That's true. They have long uh, It was just the, the ceiling uh, fan section. Right. I think, they knew what, uh, I think he knew what they were. I said, it's a very direct return to your customers, and it has a big positive impact on reducing carbon emissions. So let's do it. You do it is what he told the CEO of Walmart. Hmm. The spirals, you could say, were converging. After Scott's exhortation at the Friday officers' meeting, Kirby did what a lot of Walmarters do when they need to think and reconnect. Remember, Chuck Kirby is the uh, vice president, divisional uh, merchandise manager for hardware and paint. Kirby did what a lot of Walmarters do when they need to think and reconnect. He went shopping at Walmart. He says, I went across the street to store number 100. I thought about what people rebuilding would need. Remember, this was right after Katrina. I thought about the energy costs, and I filled the cart and brought it all back to the office. I challenged the buyers to look for ways to save money on these important products. And one of the items in his cart was a three-pack of GE Compact Fluorescent, 60-watt equivalents for $9.58. That's $3.19 each. You could buy three four-packs of classic GE 60-watt bulbs for that price, 12 regulars for the price of one spiral. Right. To Diane Lindsley, her boss's point was crystal clear. I called GE... And we started negotiating. Within two weeks, a price on a three-pack of GE spirals at Walmarts across the country was rolled back to $7.58. It was a 21% cut, although the bulbs were still $2.53, each ten times the cost of an ordinary bulb. The agreement with GE was for a 90-day price cut to help out after Katrina. Can you imagine this, Mark? Hmm. Big evil corporations working together to actually help bring products to people at a lower price so their dollars can go further, so they can have a nicer life for themselves? I believe that. That's what's actually going on in boardrooms across America. 800-259-9231. Did it make a difference in the CFL sales? We'll find out. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number 800-259-9231. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. If you make it, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. A great way to help support the show, considering everything on the site is free, is to vote for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Cast your vote for the show. Uh, that's vote.freetalklive.com. Makes a big difference, because the more votes we have, the more listeners we will get. That's vote.freetalklive.com. Talking about Walmart, CFLs, GE, light bulbs. That's what a CFL is, compact fluorescent light bulb. And uh, they're getting cheaper. In fact, the article from FastCompany.com goes into, it's such a, a lengthy, detailed article. It goes into actually how CFLs work, how fluorescent lights work. Very interesting stuff. I'll link to this from the Free Talk Live bulletin board system, as always, so you can see for yourself. But I'm going to jump ahead because uh, it, it points out, for instance, that early CFLs cost $25 per bulb just to manufacture. Obviously, uh, technology and competition uh, have refined that down. It's gotten down to uh, much lower than that at this point. But uh, as Walmart puts it, they're going to be selling 100 million bulbs in the next year's time. And they're doing this because, well... They want to help themselves, and that's okay, because Walmart helping themselves is inevitably going to help you. And their rhetoric is that they want to help their consumers' dollars go further, and uh, and I believe them. 
um, because their their slashing prices puts more dollars in people's pockets, which they can spend at Walmart. At Walmart, exactly. The compact fluorescents that uh, GE and Sylvania and Philips are putting on the shelves are rated to run anywhere from 8,000 to 12,000 hours. Now, few bulbs are lit more than four hours per day, and at that rate, an 8,000-hour bulb lasts five and a half years. A 12,000 one lasts eight years and three months. As swirls take hold, it will be a surprise and novel event when the light bulb go when a light bulb goes dark. Imagine all those hard to reach bulbs that need to be replaced every three months, from four times a year to once a decade. And as the impact of swirls cascades outwards, since every CFL has a lifespan of six to ten uh, equivalent incandescent bulbs, if Walmart alone sells a hundred million swirls in the next year, it does away with the need for a hundred million old-fashioned bulbs to be manufactured, packaged, shipped, bought, and discarded next year, and every year until 2012 and beyond. How much is a hundred million bulbs? Well, it's 25 million classic GE four-packs. That many boxes of bulbs will fill 262 Walmart tractor trailers, a ghost convoy of Walmart trucks loaded with nothing but light bulbs stretching 3.5 miles. Every year for six years, just from one bulb this year. Not to mention the line of garbage trucks necessary to cart a hundred million burned-out incandescent bulbs to the landfill. What you don't make, of course, you never get to sell. As enthusiasm for compact fluorescents mounted in Bentonville, there were multiple strategy meetings between the Walmart lightbulb people and the GE lightbulb people, including a conversation between Walmart CEO Lee Scott and CE's, uh, GE's CEO Jeffrey Immelt, in which swirls were a significant topic. GE had launched its Ecomagination business push in May of 2005, and uh, Scott Walmart launched Walmart's sustainability repositioning last October. Understanding the power of the CFL, he told him, had helped him see that environmental problems are really a disaster like Katrina in slow motion. Pledging to, wa- to take Walmart and its customers and suppliers down a new path, he declared, environmental problems are our problems. In Melton Scott, the two executives agreed in January that a major push on swirls was in order. But strategic enthusiasm doesn't change a simple short-term fact. Every new energy-saving swirl you sell obliterates sales of six or eight of your classic product. Mm-hmm. Incandescence won't ever go away. We still use candles, in part because there are some places that CFLs just simply don't work well. They're not tiny or elegant enough to be chandelier bulbs, for instance. Uh, they don't work as accent lighting. But in as little as five years... If Walmart sparks a significant conversion to swirls, the light bulb business will be rocked. Total unit sales could be half of what they are now. In the short run, there's a bonanza. 95% of sockets in U.S. homes don't have swirls in them, and a billion of them or more could. At the moment, with CFL selling for ten times what regular bulbs do, there's no immediate loss of revenue or profit. But prices won't stay where they are for long, as you know, Mark. No, no competition will drive down the cost of CFLs. Indeed. At Sam's Club, Walmart's club store division, GE Swirls already sell at twelve seventy three for an 8-pack. That's a buck fifty nine per bulb, wow. or only six times the cost of old-fashioned bulbs. At that price, the economics change. Competition from other retailers will, of course, force the price even lower, especially because of what happens next. Once a third of the sockets in U.S. homes have compact fluorescence, the swirls, once you sell the bulge of conversion replacements, both incandescent sales and CFL sales will fall off a cliff. Incandescent bulb sales could be cut in half because we won't use them anymore. And after we've installed 1.5 billion swirls, we'll only be buying perhaps 200 million a year because they're on a six- or eight-year replacement cycle. Executives at Walmart are already imagining a day when shelf space for light bulbs is cut by 30 or 40 percent. For Walmart, the appeal of swirls is clear, even to GE executives. Quote, Walmart sees its customer putting more money in the gas tank, more into electrical bills. Their customer is saying, I need some help. They're very close to that. 
If they can help a customer save more money in the long haul, that's money that comes back to Walmart. As and you it, pointed it, what's out. good for them is that Walmart doesn't have anything to do with the uh, with petroleum. They don't. They're not Exxon, so they're not benefiting. Yeah, exactly. If they can take that money away from Exxon, then they'll, in all likelihood, get or a sales good, for Walmart. Yeah, they'll get a percentage of that. Once Walmart decides to make Swirls an important product, the appeal for GE also becomes clear. It's the power of the big dog. GE can either help Walmart sell the Swirls, or some other light bulb company will. They'll get the shelf space instead of GE, which is how Walmart uses its shelf space to power play these uh, vendors. Right. GE's regular bulb is, uh, in either case, GE's regular bulb business is going to shrivel. The business case is pretty clear, says GE's expert. If we don't grab the market share of CFLs, we're going to lose. The only way to survive creative destruction, in fact, is to get out in front of the tsunami to catch the wave. In the spring, Diane Lindsley from Walmart changed the way she stocks her 60 feet of light bulb shelves in her stores. Like other merchants, she struggled for years with uh, whether to group energy-saving bulbs in their own section for con- uh, conservation geeks or to mix them in with the regular bulbs in the hope more customers will try them. Either way, particularly for a shopper schooled by Walmart itself to focus on price, CFLs that cost 10 times what a dependable 60-watt cost are a hard sell. Inspired by last fall's rush of swirl sales, she moved dramatically to emphasize them on her shelf. She decided to have it both ways, to group CFLs together and to mix them in with regular bulbs. Mm. She's made swirls the most prominent bulbs in the store. They're now on the top two or three shelves at eye level. In fact, I've noticed them when walking in to the store. Home Depot's doing the same thing. There's, you know, they, they have, that's where I've gotten most of mine because... I like to go to Home Depot personally. They're on the top two or three shelves at eye level with the old-fashioned bulbs on the bottom. The prominence is eye-catching. Three or four sections of shelves with bright yellow and green packages of GE CFLs. Horizontally, the swirls form a band of energy savers that stretch down a third of the aisle. Vertically, each shelf unit is both energy savers and incandescents. 60-watt equivalent swirls on top, old-fashioned 60 watts below. For bulbs, that's the most coveted shelf space in the entire store, says Bolsinger. It was a bold move on Walmart's part to put it there. She was taking a risk, giving swirls their shelf space, uh, giving swirls their shelf space that their sales didn't quite justify. Yeah, I would imagine. She was positioning them prominently to drive sales in anticipation of more growth. Well, they've made a commitment there, and that's what they need to do. And even more dramatic push is coming, uh, it has already come, when Walmart will roll out a light bulb education center in every U.S. store. Mm. The display, developed with GE, shows ten categories of light bulbs, organized by room through a typical home, with a box showing the CFL appropriate in that area, the equivalent incandescent, and the energy savings a customer can reap from switching. That's why I switched, was the marketing. Uh, the energy savings, the point that, that yeah. hey, I'm going to save cash. Each category features a warm lifestyle photo of the room in question. Each box is color-coded to match color-coding on the shelves of the CFL bulbs. Anyway, uh, it's a, a big deal for GE. Between 2004 and 2005, it tripled its manufacturing capacity for compact fluorescents. That's going to lower costs as uh, more sure. are manufactured. They're making more of them, so they're, getting, they're better at making them. They can make them more cheaply. Here's an interesting point. To make each spiral, a Chinese worker wearing gloves takes the tube of glass, holds it over an open flame, then wraps the heat-softened tube around a metal form. The they're job- hand-wrapped? That's right. They're this cheap, and they're hand-created cr- uh, in, wow. uh, in many ways. For us, the opportunity to sell enough Is the Chinese them- worker in prison somewhere in China? I don't think so is to sell enough of them to get down the manufacturing cost curve. We're still pretty early in the learning curve, says uh, GE. Yeah, so that means they're going to get cheaper and cheaper as time goes by. Exactly right. At the Walmart home office, all they they talk about swirls with a zeal that goes beyond product promotion, as if the bulbs are a pioneering product, a new way of thinking about retailing. 
uh, says their vice president of sustainability, quote, we realize that we can influence big things, energy usage, efficiency, dependence on foreign oil, and we realize that if we're really going to move things, it's not about our direct footprint, our stores or our offices. It's about our supply chain and our customers. So this is about selling light bulbs, but it's far bigger. This has huge implications for the world. Now, Chuck Kirby from Walmart did swap out the ceiling fan bulbs in their stores, at least in most of them. The idea surfaced in November and was executed in February. And Kirby has a clear vision of the future. He says, It's certainly possible to see a day when the cartoonist will draw a cartoon with a character having an idea. You know, with the traditional shaped incandescent bulb going on over the character's head. And my grandchildren will look at that and they won't know what it means. That's not a bad thing, because we'll be living in a much better world. I don't know if I agree with that statement. Now, if you th- if you ask a child to draw a telephone, the likelihood is that they'll draw a telephone they've never seen in their life. I don't know. They probably draw a cell phone these days. No, they won't. Ask a, a- ask a child to draw a, te- a telephone. It's Vinny in here with you. And Mark. Either way, Mark, things, they are a-changing. And Walmart, not so evil after all, are they? We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Do you like to build things? Have you ever cut wood with a tool? Are you tired of poor quality goods found in the Megalomart? If you answered yes to any of these questions, woodcraftplans.com has a fun project for you to make. We have hundreds of blueprints and patterns which can help all skill levels of craftspeople make wooden lawn furniture, bedroom furniture, yard decor like wishing wells and shadow figures, rocking horses, and a lot more. Visit woodcraftplans.com today. Get a plan and start building. That's woodcraftplans.com.